Hi, this is Danny, and you're listening to Adam and Eliza on This Is Disco. Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. You gotta hear this song. A wombat. Greetings, fellow Stannies and dance floor darlings. And welcome to yet another episode of This Is Disco, the Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast where each month we do a deep dive on a particular Minogue release, speak to people they've both worked with, and on one very, very special occasion, even got to speak to one of the Minogues themselves. Broadcasting live from Club Disco, Adam Eve's my name, and I'm of course, as always, joined by my absolute stunner of a co-host, the wonderful Eliza Day. My darling, are you ready to unleash a bit of Minogue mayhem on this very special Minogue Monday? I am. It's it's everything I wanted. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> How are you, my darling? Oh, I'm pretty good for, you know, for a Monday. Yeah, I'm right. all right. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing okay, all things considered. Yes, yes. It's oh. good to be here on a Minogue Monday celebrating another fantastic Minogue release. This is one of my faves. I'm really excited to get into this. Right. Well, so today on the pod, folks, Eliza and I are taking you all the way back in time to 2007 with the release of Danny Minogue's compilation album, Unleashed. But before we do circle ourselves back by 15 years to enter the world of Unleashed, my dear Eliza, and I know that there's quite a bit What's yes. goss in the Minogue multiverse this <laughs> month? Oh, look, there's been a lot, and obviously there is a huge thing that I'm going to save till the end because, you know, right, right. not that the other things aren't important, but we all know that we're going to be talking about, you know, the Neighbours finale. <laughs> of so course. that is coming, but, you know, we all need to mentally and emotionally prepare before we get into that. Mm-hmm. So I guess, first of all, thank you to everyone for their lovely response to the Kiss Me Once uh, episode. I think that was one of our fastest downloaded episodes. Correct. Correct. And I'm Which, pretty sure that we did some charting around Australia, the UK and US too. I think at one point it was like number one on Amazing. <laughs> in Australia. Amazing. So, so good. We're so proud of that episode. And I mean, obviously, Eliza and I are hugely, hugely proud of this podcast and everything that we put into it. And the Kiss Me Once episode definitely felt like a a really big labour of love to put together. Yeah, and I was really nervous because, you know, it's not... I mean, you love the album now. Now, yeah. But I was really nervous that the people who have always loved this album from day one... Um, like I was like, oh, I hope I'm not going to upset anyone. Mm. But the feedback from the Kiss Me Once stands were, was really lovely. And, you know, I think we did a, a good, you know, balance of, you know, honesty. And I think people appreciated that we took the time to revisit it. Didn't just go, oh, this is crap. Right. Um, yep, yep. It was like, all right, well, let me try again. So, yeah, it was really nice having all the feedback. Everyone left lovely comments and it, you know, prompted a few more discussions or people going, you know what? Fine, I will re-listen to it too. <laughs> right, which is which is just good. So so good. It feels like you know our work here is done. You know, like <laughs> yes. If people went out and bought exercise balls after listening to that episode, then I, I really feel like we've done some good in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, that was wonderful, Adam. Mm. Um, today 
Minogue Monday, August the 8th, is one month away from the 25th anniversary of Girl. Where Mm. is the announcement for the vinyl release? I'm getting so worried that we're going to have to wait till the 30th anniversary for this to happen. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. no. no, I don't want to manifest that. We need this out for the 25th. What we is do. going on, Warner Music UK? Oh, sort your know. shit out, quite frankly. But yes, time is, you know, it's tick, tick, ticking. Mm. Um, speaking of Danny, can we talk about the Uber Eats ad? Oh, please. What, oh. what a moment. Iconic. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't seen it, it's online. I, it's on our social summer as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I cut out everyone else but Danny. <laughs> So it's some new promo for Uber Eats Australia about, I think, some membership. Yeah, their their Uber One membership. Right. So, you know, it's a bit of, like, you know, whispers of, like, people getting it wrong and it gets to Danny and she's like, wait, is this a membership for sisters who are famous first? (laughs) While she's looking, the the key detail was that she's holding a magazine with some, like, 90... It could be late 80s. To zoom in, you should have seen me pausing the video. Zooming in. (laughs) What magazine? Do I have this magazine? (laughs) Legendary stuff. It reminded me of um, the Beautiful People episode. You know when she's got her hand in the fishbowl? Yes. (laughs) And they're like, oh, I know, I know Danny Minogue. She sings, and then she starts singing, I Should Be So Lucky, and Danny squeezes the fish. <laughs> goes, that's not Danny Minogue. <laughs> or the, you know, the Simon Cowell, you know, the cat fight in right. the, the Kylie the show. The Kylie show, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it when both of them, but particularly Danny, really takes the piss and pokes fun at this endless sort of obsession with the media to pit them against each other. Right, right. And just go this and sort of just throws it back at them like this is how stupid you guys look. Yes. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's very clever. Very it's clever. So clever. Just I'm obsessed with that ad. I have watched it so many times yep, just so, on a loop. It's so good. <laughs> on a loop. She's only on there for like three seconds, don't care. Harold's on there from Neighbours, also iconic, but it's the Danny moment. It's the Danny moment. Well, in other Danny news, you and I, well, you, more to the point, had me on your show, The Record Doctor. Yes. To do the Danty Tour three-hour set list, back-to-back Danny bangers. If you haven't listened to it yet, um, it's... Well, I mean, if you go to our link tree on our Instagram or Twitter, Mm -hmm. it is in the bio there. Um www.therecorddoctor.com Yeah, yeah. Just head over to the Record Doctor's Mixcloud page and it's there. From what I can tell, American residents can listen to this episode because oh. I haven't uploaded the uh, the full track list to the episode yet. Oh. Mm. So time, next time, time we... to take the track list down for the Kylie one. Uh, <laughs> I unfortunately tried that and because it was already added, yeah, it won't change right. it. But the next Kylie special we do... I think for the first week I'll leave it so that there's no track list associated to it and then add the track list later. So, cause I still want my Sneaky. girls getting their money, yes. but I also want everyone to be able to hear these episodes cause it's just so stupid. Yeah. That, it's yeah. weird. Anyway, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and it was so good to have you on the show again. It had been a while since we'd done a record doctor together. I so had. yeah. So it was, it was really, really good. And one of my favourite artist feature episodes that we've oh, done. Oh, it was of the so show. much fun. And yeah, it's probably a good episode to tie in what we're going to talk about 
today on Unleashed because I'll, there was quite a few tracks mm-hmm. um, that you played in full on that episode that we will discuss today. So nice. I guess along the way today, if that is featured, you know, like we'll do our usual YouTube playlist, but it's definitely worth listening to back-to-back-to-back bangers oh, from Danielle. Yes, thank you so much, Eliza. Yeah, no, it was so much fun. And still getting really good feedback for the episode too from people that are mm. still just, like, starting to listen to it now. So, yeah, it was it was a very, very exciting one to put together and we had a lot of fun on the Saturday night. Oh, we did. oh perfect Saturday night, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked doing the uh, show on a Saturday night as mm. well. It just it felt, you know... Like it was a weekend, you know. We're having yes. a we're having our very own club disco at home. Exactly, Queen of the Clubs on a Saturday night. It felt correct. He did. Um, Miss Kylie Minogue decides to just drop a video on us. That was crazy. So like, randomly get a text message from you. <laughs> um, there's a new Kylie video, and I was like, what the hell is she trying I to know. do to us? It's like she was like, you know what? Fine. You want to miss a thing video? Here it is. Stop asking me. i got to get back to the studio. Here's your miss a thing video. I'm done with this campaign. <laughs> and what a way to end the campaign. Oh. End a campaign, mind you, that gave us so many extra things. Yes. Considering that this was a lockdown album and, mm-hmm. a, and really a lockdown campaign, the fact that it spawned so many amazing creative things like Infinite Disco, the yeah. extended mixes, the reissue with the new tracks. Like, it was a fully formed, packed out album campaign that lasted a couple of years. I know. Like, I can't imagine it being this kind of um, sort of rich of content if it hadn't been a lockdown. Like, right. I don't even know what it would have looked like, but I... I don't know. Obviously, there were a million and one horrible things about lockdown and pandemics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's been some silver linings along the way. And the way people have been able to create has, mm. has been one of those. Right. Well, look at Beyonce. Oh, God. Made three albums over a three-year period in lockdown. Like, if, if that's what she's giving us in lockdown, <laughs> uh, can we go back into lockdown? I know, right? That was just the perfect... And to a perfect campaign. And the fact that she dropped that on the anniversary or, like, the anniversary eve of Say Something. Right, Like, yeah. oh, yeah. her mind. It was all beautifully done. Oh, what a campaign. So One that we will definitely look back on, I think, in, like, you know, five, ten years with even more love and appreciation. Yeah. Because it's just it just really is that good of a bloody album. Yeah. And I, I, I wonder if we'll look back on it... Um, nostalgia's not the right word, but, you know, where the only fond memories a lot of us have of the past couple of years are the things that made us feel good in a time right. that a lot of us were not feeling good mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And so I think there will be a lot of um, sentimental connection right. with this era of, thank God we had that. Oh, yeah, because it brought a lot of joy into a lot of our lives yeah. in a period where there was not much joy to be found. No. no. Yeah. Um, we love you, Kylie. We do. Um, it, it's time now. Grab your box of tissues. We're going to talk oh. about the Neighbours finale. Featuring my very favourite silent movie star, Kylie oh. Minogue. Okay, look, we'll discuss that. <laughs> my God. Like, I'm getting teary thinking about it. It was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. It was 
Ghost Madge. Ghost Madge! My God! Like that that tipped me over yeah, the edge. It was too I was much. like, no, I was already crying. So I had um just to paint the picture, I don't know how it was for you. I hadn't watched Neighbours in a in so, a hot minute. Yeah. So about a month ago or so, I started rewatching. It was around the time that Hendrix died. Look at me talking about characters like right, right. <laughs> So he had died and you know, people were starting to filter back in. So, you know, I'd be pausing each episode, doing a deep dive, and then that, that deep dive, that's a lot of like clicks and clicks and clicks and clicks because it's like who's that character related to and that's them anyway so I I brought myself up to speed and then that final week was just because they started um, bringing in the clips of the Mm. the older clips from like 1985 and stuff and so every day was a you know a new sort of flood of tears and stuff and it was just so beautifully written like the finale which we'll get to but just as the weeks were going on, it was, it was like it was written, and I know a lot of the writers are are super fans and yeah. were quite young when Neighbours first was you know released. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But you could feel that it was written by fans for fans, like it had that. It did. I don't know. It was it very just had magical. that vibe. I I don't, I don't know how to explain it, and you know, I spent a while talking with our friend Simon about. Like, what were the emotions that this was eliciting? It was emotions that I hadn't really connected with since I was a kid, and I couldn't yeah. figure out what they yeah. what they were. And it was a similar thing happened when the Young Talent Time 50th anniversary happened last year. It's like that very, you know, inner child mm-hmm. nurturing yeah. kind of thing. And because um, it was bittersweet, it was the the very definition of of bittersweet, mm-hmm. like. So lovely to see all these characters, but so hard to say goodbye. Right. But I realised what it was, because sometimes you see these kind of clips, you know, on Instagram or Twitter. It's that that feeling of seeing your favourite primary school friend or teacher, like the ones that actually were there for you. Right. And were nice to you. Or just the people from when you were a kid that you knew you could count on when everyone else was not being nice to you. Yep. Yeah. And then and then as an adult, you see them and you just be like, oh my God, that, like it, if it wasn't for you. And, like I'm getting emotional thinking right. about it now. And that's what right. Neighbours, that's what Neighbours was for so many people in the 80s through to the, like even today there are people who are going through stuff but that, you know, Neighbours is there. I've got that at the end of the day. It was there every day for them, you know? Yeah. We have so, friends of ours who were our fanatic Neighbours fans, right. not just in the UK, but here in Melbourne at home for us as well. Yeah. And they're still dealing with it. They still yeah. are processing it. I mean, this show was such a huge part of so many people's lives for decades. Yeah. For decades. So yeah, someone messaged us, and I'm sorry that I, I their name has... Um, I forgot to write it down, but they said that they've been watching since day one and I'm like that's that's a long time and I just thought I I wouldn't I can't process that like because I've you know I've dipped in and out over the years and and I was still just a mess like I Mm -hmm. I crawled into bed I'm like I got into my pajamas I made myself a hot chocolate grabbed literally grabbed a teddy bear Mm -hmm. opened my laptop and I'm like and I just cried for an hour and a half I haven't cried that much in a in such a long time but you know and there was there was laughter and, you know, I feel like I'm getting about to recite the Sons and Daughters theme song. <laughs> if you know, you know. You know. 
Um, but just the little jokes. Those were going on for weeks. Like Glenn saying the Lucy joke. About oh, how yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you that missed it, um, if you've watched Neighbours, so Glenn is flipping through the history, Harold's history book and is like, oh, Lucy loves a makeover. If I didn't know any better, I'd say it was three different people. <laughs> just those little nods were like... Amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, our lovely friend of the pod, Leo Stubbing, sent yes. me an amazing article from Digital Spy that was um, an interview with Jason Herbison, who's the, the big boss of Neighbours, the right. executive producer. He wrote the finale. And it was a really good insight to sort of how it all unfolded and stuff. And because, mm. um, you know, as, as you were saying at the start, you're silent <laughs> silent movie. Oh, silent movie star, Kylie Minogue. Yeah, so that, that actually didn't bother me. Would I have wanted to see sort of Charlene meets Epony Ray ripping out a few and oh, going? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but I actually, I don't know if, if I liked that she didn't. I because he was saying in this article that you know the focus was the four the four main characters who had been there for decades: Paul, Toady. Carl and Susan. Mm-hmm. They needed the big stories. Mm. And, you know, um, Jane had been back for a while, so it made sense that her and Mike had a big storyline. Mm-hmm. But Scott and Charlene didn't really have a a big connection right. that, would, that would have made sense for a big storyline with any character. Oh, totally. Characters. Totally. And, and in that, he was saying as well that, you know, they didn't want to overshadow anyone, which is so lovely. Hmm. You know, like there was one of the Neighbours fan sites on Instagram had done a, you know, here are the top 100 characters and stuff. And, you know, as a Kylie fan, I love Charlene. Mm. But there are characters, to be fair, who had been there for literal decades who deserved top placement. Not a character that was there 30 years ago for two years. As much as I'm obsessed with her and is my everything, I can can step back and be objective just for a moment Mm -hmm. and appreciate that you know, other characters needed their time in the sun. And who would have thought that the greatest romance on Neighbours all this time was Mike and Jane? I know. (laughs) Guy Pearce tipped me over the edge. It was good seeing him back. Every single time he came on screen, I lost the plot. I don't know what it was. And someone did a, a really lovely tweet about it. And it, before anyone says, oh, that's so shady to Margot Robbie or whatever, it wasn't. It was specifically just appreciating Guy Pearce. So, mm. um, and they said something like, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's a big Hollywood actor. He didn't, mm. he didn't have to do this. And he didn't treat it like some sort of token cameo, oh, sure, I'll come and do this for you. They were like, he really lent into the role mm. and, like, embodied Mike. Like, this is, it was, it was just as serious a role as anything else. And... I can't possibly say any more how much I love Guy Pearce now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I already loved him, but this is just... And in that article that Leo had sent through, the, um, the you know, Big Neighbours boss had said that, you know, that was his idea to be to reveal that he was the dad of Sam. But I thought... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And those scenes were just beautiful. Yeah. They were just... He was so paternal with her in such a genuine way but obviously the most iconic moment was when they go to the street and he's like oh, you know this is ramsey street or whatever and she's like it's a court yeah yeah <laughs> i could talk forever about that but it was 
this is a big call, but I stand by it. Best TV finale of all time. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. That still sits with six feet under. See, I've never watched that, so I don't know. So it's a show about a like a funeral home owned by family. Yeah, I, re- that, I, I know what it's about. And the last episode shows you over the years how every single one of them dies. I think you, you and I have discussed this on the record, Doctor, before. Actually, <laughs> it, it is. I was so psychologically damaged by that episode when it aired. I took a whole week off work. Right. And like, and mum was like, you're an idiot. And then she watched it and she that, was like, yes. oh my God, yeah, what you, the we fuck? Have, like, <laughs> we have I, discussed this. I have friends that cannot watch that episode because they're like, right. no, 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 it's, it's too traumatic. But I think because it was a show about death that started off with whoever was being buried on that episode with how they right. died, oh. ending the show showing how all of them died over the years. Oh God. It was it was very emotional, but very very special. That's my favourite finale right. of all time. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so in my defence, I haven't seen that, but the only because I was trying to figure out what that there was some emotion at the end of seeing that 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 real feeling of bittersweet, like a bittersweet right. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and the only other time I felt that, like you know, I, I mentioned the young talent time thing last year, but they're real people. This right. was fictional characters. Like, what is <laughs> what is that feeling? And I realised. Um, what kept going through my head was the end of A League of Their Own. Like, as I'm watching oh, Neighbours, yeah. in my head I'm like, batter up. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? The time has come right. for one and all to play ball. Oh, my God. I know. And Where I, the I, members of the All-American team. <laughs> I, I watched that. I had to look the clip up. I started crying watching it again. I have not seen The League of Their Own in years. I didn't even watch the full movie. I just watched that clip and I was off again. <laughs> so that's the vibes. I guess for our American listen, who, listeners who are like, I've never watched Neighbours. I don't understand. Like, what, what's this all about? If you've seen A League of Their Own, however you felt in that particular end scene, but imagine that A League of Their Own was a series that went for nearly 40 years. <laughs> That's how we're all feeling. Right. I don't know how else to sort of <laughs> contextualise it. I'll finish with saying it was the perfect blend of sadness and humour. On the 5th of November 2007, Danny Minogue and her record label at the time, All Around the World, released what some technically classify as her fifth studio album, the truly brilliant Club Disco. However, on that same day in 2007, Danny's former label, Rhino slash Warner Music UK, would release compilation album Unleashed, featuring a blend of loved club mixes fused together with an entire album's worth of new music. I have a quick question. Mm. Was this like a deliberate thing in a positive or a negative way? Was this like a a label rivalry where we're going to release something too? Was it mere coincidence? or I'm not sure because I remember both at the time were being promoted. Right. And by Danny as well. So they were both official projects from Danny. Okay. But yeah, I'm not sure why it was that they were both released on the same day. 
Interesting. If anybody mm. knows, uh, yeah, yeah, we'd love to us. know. Love to know because the album tracks they were all personally selected by Danny herself on mm. Unleashed and on Club Disco too. But of Unleashed, she actually said, "Quote." This album is about my personal favourites, bringing you the best unreleased material, club mixes and songs I've written with my favourite producers around the world, end quote. And that material making up the new album portion of Unleashed comprised of tracks written and recorded between 2003 and 2004, tracks that were all supposed to be included on the London Records follow-up album to Neon Nights. Once shelved due to label shortcomings and collecting dust for three years in the Danny Vaults, Unleashed gave our pop heroine an additional vehicle to please the fans. Not only did we get a new album by way of Club Disco, we also got one with Unleashed, sporting nine unreleased originals, ten if you include iTunes bonus track of Viva L'Amour. Oh, we do include that, excuse you. Absolutely. (laughs) And look, this is a record that remains a huge fan favourite, filled with huge fan favourites to Mm -hmm. this day. However, before the arrival of Unleashed in 2007... In 2006, Warner UK scheduled to release a Danny compilation called The Platinum Collection. I'm very excited that we're Mm. discussing this. So this 19-track record was to feature radio edits of some of Danny's biggest hits, all thrown together with a couple of new rarities. The problem with The Platinum Collection, though, was that it was a project that saw Warner Music UK attempting to release an album that contained material that was, quote, within Minogue's severance deal with London Records. The fiasco would see the release completely pulled, but making way a year later for Warner to try again with Unleashed. Right. It's a very confusing time in the very. in the Danny area because we had like, you know, Hits and Beyond and Platinum and then Club Disco. Like there were so many sort of all at once. And I, I don't have a lot of memory of this. I think there was stuff going on in my sort of personal life, but I, it's all quite a blur right. around this time. So I was blogging quite a lot at this time and I was on radio too, but I was also hitting the drugs pretty hard. (laughs) So this, this, this time is a little bit fuzzy for me, but I remember, I remember a lot of the promo. I remember some of the blog posts that we did and some of the posts that other people did about the two records coming. And it 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 was pre-social media because Facebook was like 2007 and even then it wasn't, it wasn't what it is today. So oh, totally, totally Unless not. you were blogging or at the shops something, it, that sort of like knowing the second something drops, it right. wasn't what it is today because no. streaming wasn't, wasn't what it was. It was a bit of a sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an intermediate, like a bridge zone between right. the old world and what we have now. Yeah, because I think that the social media aspect back then mm. really was public forums right stuff like pop justice when i was raving uh there were rave forums melbourne forums that we would go to irc chat rooms (gasps) i see yeah icq you know so these were the myspace these were the elements of social media as it was just starting to creep through forums were huge when i first got the internet and news groups as well, which are less big now, but still around. Mm. And I used all of them when I'd started using the internet too in high school. Yeah. And that was very much as close as we got to social media. Yeah. Yeah, see, I missed MySpace. I, was, I wasn't I was sort of young enough. It was that sort of those middle years of, I, right. I'd kind of, I'd moved past being, I guess, yeah, young enough to right, use right. it. So I yeah. never did MySpace. Right, mm. right. Yeah, I was 
heavy on MySpace. Because I, I remember I had to go back and find my old profile. Oh, my God. Get the login details and swiftly delete hundreds of photos that I'd uploaded <laughs> of me looking very cooked. Um, this is before so, we understood that the internet was forever and that right. everyone can find stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Definitely a different time and definitely social media and the internet was a whole different, less engorged beast to what it is now. Yeah. Upon the announcement for Unleashed's release, retail playlists had an additional four tracks listed as being on the final product that would actually be pulled from the album for the actual release. And while it's really quite sad that these songs didn't make it and perhaps could have replaced some of the remixes on here. As the story goes with the internet, every last one of them had all leaked by the end of 2011. I mean, thank goodness, just quietly. right, just quietly. (laughs) Some of my faves. (laughs) Those tracks, of course, being Fear of Flying, Absolute Gay Ally Banger. Absolute Funkatron of Healing on the Dance Floor. It's a bit of a Janet slow jam. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Mm. Well, one of Eliza's very favourites is also in this mix. The Ace Karma is a Bitch. Oh, my dandy to a wish list, please mm-hmm. and thank you. Finally, moody and very bloody great electropop ballad, Weak. In the stillness of the night, watch me falling underground, comfort finds a This was all recorded and produced with Swedish icons Corpion and Black Cell. Right. And this was after Neon Night, so 2003-2004 was when these ones were recorded. Okay. So this, this amazing pop duo, they actually not only co-wrote and produced Danny's Put the Needle on it, but they also worked on Girls Aloud's On Around, Jerry Halliwell's Desire, S Club 8's Don't Tell Me You're Sorry, Holly Valance's Twist, and Sophia Lispector's Get Over You, to name but a few. Oh, icons. Right. And so these four Corpion Black Cell Danny tracks, like we said, would eventually see the light of day with a big SoundCloud leak in 2011. However, I don't think it's too much of a stretch at all to be manifesting that they still do see a release on something someday as part of Unleashed 20 in a few mm. years' time, perhaps, Eliza? Oh, sorry, I'm just going to go pop this on the This Is Disco Vision Board, um, <laughs> BRB. <laughs> right, so all four of these tracks, they just would have fit into the world of all the new tracks on Unleashed so effortlessly mm. and... Look, to be honest, my Unleashed playlist in iTunes is actually the 10 original tracks plus the four scrapped ones together to make one hell of a 14-track <gasps> album. Oh, my God. I'm glad that you say this because my Unleashed... I think everyone's probably got their own mm. Unleashed playlist. So mine is these four, all of Unleashed, all of the Platinum collection that it doesn't involve double-ups. So I like to call mine the Platinum Unleashed Right. So it's just this gigantic album to the point where I don't actually know what was part of the official release because <laughs> it's just my release. <laughs> so it's so funny you say that because mine is called Unleashed, parentheses, Platinum Deluxe. Oh my God, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Our brains have finally merged into yeah. one. <laughs> 
yeah, so look, the remixes on Unleashed, I and all of us have spread out through various other releases and playlists. Mm. But when I feel like getting Unleashed, <laughs> that's what I wheel out, that playlist of just the originals. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's probably where most of the hardcore fans might stand when it comes to those four tracks too, including them into the Unleashed world as you have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, the, I mean... They're really solid tracks. Like, mm. if there's a Dante tour, I mean, we both expressed, like, yes, we need these as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. With the scrapped compilations and cancelled originals all out of the way, it's high time that we got raucous with our Disco Danny and checked out Unleashed's first original track, Blame It On The Music. <laughs> Produced by Roger Sanchez, who also co-wrote the track with Danny and friend of the pod, Terry Ronald, this glossy slice of sun-kissed beats and Ibethan-infused pop hooks makes even more sense when you realise it's a product of not only Danny and Terry, but also of house legend Roger Sanchez. A track I love so much, it found itself a spot on my Fantasy Dante to a setlist episode of The Record Doctor a few weeks back. If there had been a singles campaign for Unleashed... Blame mm. It On The Music is definitely one of three tracks I would have loved to see crack the charts and receive discotastic videos for. This would definitely have been the third and final single, though, of my choices, but I'll share the other two as they oh, pop up yeah. through the episode. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Mm. I mean, uh, this is a fan favourite. When we were, I was putting it to, you know, Twitter and Instagram, you know, what's your favourite song from this? This came up a lot. It's a banger. And, I mean, Roger Sanchez, you can't go wrong. And... You know, if you're not familiar with, you know, house music or Roger Sanchez, I, I can almost guarantee you would know his stuff if you heard it. And you'd, you'd be like, oh, right. So another chance. That's that's a One huge... Of the biggest club anthems of all time. Yeah. And the video, like with the heart, the, oh, like epic. there's probably stuff, the visuals and stuff you would just know, even if you didn't know who sang it. And I never knew. Right. Just, we will put these on the playlists and stuff, but yeah, even if that's not sort of normally your genre or maybe you're a bit young to remember that stuff, I can yeah, pretty much guarantee that some of these you'll be like, right, now I know who you're talking about. So this right. was a huge deal. Oh, massive, massive deal. Mm. And a great, great track that's definitely stood the test of time. Yeah, for sure. Unleashing next, it's Spend Your Love. <laughs> Produced by Hugo Lira and Ian Paolo Lira, aka those random boys who would also co-write the track with our Danny, Spend Your Love On Me is quintessential mid-noughties Y2K pop. It's a track that I could see a few girlies doing, including Holly Valance, mm. and puts our Danny inside a musical world that we'd never really heard her explore before. This is fun and poppy and ultimately rather catchy. I do think Spend Your Love is quite the ripper. Yeah, this was another fan favourite in the uh, in the little polls. Everyone was like, between this, Blame It On The Music and Spend Your Love On Me seem to be sort of the two that always were coming up. Interesting, interesting. There's, there's not a lot of info online about this one. I mean, I love it. That's all I've got in my notes. Right, love it. <laughs> right. It, it, it was interesting doing the research for this album mm. because there isn't much information about no, it. there's not. So another one produced by those random boys and co-written with Danny... Up next, it's going, going, gone. 
sassy Danny over a much more Neon Knights friendly sounding bassline. This is an absolute banger and one of my very favourite songs on Unleashed. Mwah! Just chef's kiss. Yeah, same. This is one of my all-time faves. Very, very high on my Dante Tour wish mm-hmm. list. Yes. Just obsessed. Every time it comes on, if I'm alone, if I'm with people, it's usually me going, oh, yes! <laughs> I don't care who's around. I don't care if I'm in the supermarket with my headphones in. You're going to have to hear me, like, having a moment. Exactly. Thank you. What a song. Mm. Up next, it's Gareth Young production, Undeniable. by Cheryl Parker, Danny Minogue, Sarah Ecker and Gareth Young, Undeniable carries that Y2K feel heard on Spend Your Love On Me. However, this track takes us into the world of R&B slow jams from the mid-noughties. It's a nice enough change of pace, but I'd be lying if I said this was a song I'd actively go listen to out of sequence from the album. I mean, this definitely feels like a very, very different direction to what some of us may have expected from a proposed follow-up to Neon Nights. Songs like Undeniable and even the next track up, they're all really a lot more pop and R&B focused than they are rooted in dance, electro or club culture. Mm. It's interesting. I've literally also got Slow Jam in my notes, except in front of Slow Jam, I've got Sexy Janet Slow Jam. Right, right. <laughs> also, I've got Baby Making Music. <laughs> of course, yes, yes. it's really got that kind of... It has. Well, it's funny because it's almost like she's gone way back to the start of the 90s with that whole get into you kind of R&B. So, Mm -hmm. you know, R&B was always there for like from the start. Definitely. It's just surprising to hear the Americanized R&B and Danny doing that. She does it well. Right. But I'd really, if you were telling me Danny was, in 2003, Danny was making a follow-up to Neon Knights... I would assume that it was a right. dance electro follow-up that yeah. maybe took things even further. Yes. I don't think we would have ever predicted that she would have gone down this road. No, no. You, that, yeah, you're right. And um, so Sarah Eckham, she had also written for The Honeys and oh, wow. Atomic Kitten and did oh Ricky Lee Coulter's God. Breathe. Stop. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was surprised about a lot of this. But I guess, you know, as far as the honeys goes, thinking about the sound of this song like that, I can see that sort of all connecting quite well. Right. But, yeah. Fun fact. Up next, my choice for the album's second single, if there'd been a proper campaign around it, it's finally time for No Romeo. Produced by Pascal Gabriel, who also co-wrote the track with Danny and friend of the pod, Hannah Robinson. No Romeo is a huge, huge favourite and with good bloody reason. It's a proper Danny classic and from memory, at least with my Danny friends, seems to be the one that most people bring up immediately when they talk about Mm. Unleashed. This is a really great pop song that I can just imagine a gorgeous video clip for. Just... What a moment. Oh, what, and what would that look like? Have you, like, done a storyboard yet? No, I don't have a storyboard, <laughs> but it's it's very... Um, I, f- I feel like it would be almost like a, a follow-up to perfection. Uh, 
That's so weird because I was about to say, are we on a boat? Are we like in mm-hmm. Ibiza? Like I didn't yeah. even, you and I haven't discussed this ahead of time. We haven't. That's where I, my brain went. I think it would be a sunset going into nighttime right. continuation yes. of perfection. Right. Yeah. Oh God, I love yes. how we're okay. on the same wavelength. Um, team Danny, call us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Lots of ideas. Lots of ideas. Yes. And I mean, we've spoken about Hannah Robinson on the pod before. An icon. An icon. And so she did You Won't Forget About Me, Kylie's Can't Beat the Feeling, if you're thinking this name is familiar, mm. why do I know who this is? Um, and I believe that was with Pascal and Gabriel as well, all mm. of those two songs. But right. he also has produced for a lot of our faves. He co-wrote Your Love and Tightrope for our oh, Kylie. Oh, stun. And also, just because I want to put this on our playlist, Marina and the Diamonds Champagne. Oh, great song. So oh, my I, God. Let me just take a sip of mine. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Amazing. My choice for the album's first single, if there'd been a traditional rollout for this album, coming up next, it's the absolute banger and huge favourite, Heard in Love. Produced by Ross Callum, who co-wrote the track with Danny and the wonderful Terry Ronald, Hurt in Love would have been the ultimate way to unleash this album's campaign. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, what an absolute fucking ripper of an electropop track. Uh, This is an absolutely banging stomper that sits up there with her biggest hits as the very best songs in her very impressive back catalogue. I... I can't blow enough smoke up the proverbial ass of this song, and I actually featured it prominently in my Dante to a Fantasy setlist episode of The Record Doctor. Uh, this is just magnifique. What a song. It is incredible. And, I mean, Terry has, like, six songs on this album. I need more um, of Terry and Danny doing stuff together because every time it's just amazing. I mean, right. Lennon and McCartney, who... Ronald and Minogue, thank you very much. <laughs> like, every time, like, you're like, what is this song? I guarantee you, you'll go to, the, like, the notes. It's like, oh, of course. It's either, you know, Terry and Danny, Terry, Danny and Ian, Terry and Ian. It's it's always that, something in that mix. Up next of the originals from Unleashed, it's the last of those Random Boys production on the record, Love Me Like This. <laughs> Continuing on with that American Y2K pop thread found on some of Unleashed's previous tracks, Love Me Like This feels like such a product of its time, but thankfully doesn't suffer because of it. This is a great pop song with lovely production, and as usual, a vocal from Danny that's just silky smooth and sweet as honey. Produced by pod friends Ian Masterson and Terry Ronald, who also co-wrote the track with Danny, it's Bad Weather. This is such a lush, lovely track with impeccable production from Terry and Ian. And if there'd been a fantasy fourth single from Unleashed, then this would be the track that I'd choose. Just everything. Interesting. It's not not up there at the top for me. Right. But, um, yes, that's quite nice. It's different. It's unusual. Well, speaking of... Up next, this is your invitation to listen to a snippet of Invitation. 
this isn't my favourite. And much like Undeniable, Invitation is a track I would not listen to outside of the context of Unleash. A moody electropop ballad, the production on this one feels very hollow and the problem seems to be is that I think that that was intentional. Danny's vocals are incredible though and it does make me long for a deep, dark and moody ballad from our Danny at some point in the future. Unfortunately, by no fault of Danny herself, Invitation is not that track. Oh, see, I've got in my notes that I love it. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say I hate it but I would definitely say I don't like it (laughs) so when we're at the Danty tour like I'll hold the spot when this comes on while you pop to the loo right and when bad weather comes on I'll just pop to the loo Right. I'm I'm hoping that neither of them get done at the Dante tour, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> neither but, of them were in my set list fantasy uh, no, set list, me. so I, I don't want to see either of them alive. I do love a Danny ballad, though, because it's... Yeah. Like, as I've been listening to this over the past week, I'm like, it. she really does have that thing of, like, just that, you know, it X factor, you know, pun intended, obviously, of a pop star, but then she's got the pipes. Like, that oh, is totally. A, that is a rare combination, because sometimes you'll have, you know... People who can sing, but they don't necessarily, you know, have that whole pop package. Or you've got people who have the pop package, but they're like, ah, vocals are a bit iffy. And it's like, oh, just amazing. Yeah, I just think it's, it feels, for me, it feels like Danny deserves a much better ballad. Right, okay. She deserves to have, if she's going to do a ballad to have that big... The, the, like when Madonna did Live to Tell oh, right. and everyone shat themselves because she had this new deep register that they'd never right. heard her singing, you know. Okay. I want that kind of effect from a huge Danny ballad yeah. and stuff like this just feels weak in comparison to what we all know she would sound like on something massive like that, you know. Right. So, but again, I don't skip it. No. You know. Now, I, sorry, I'm just distracted thinking about Danny covering Live to Tell. As long as she doesn't change the words like Sia did. And finally, of the original tracks, it's iTunes bonus number and another big fave of yours, Eliza. <gasps> Viva l'amour. Oh, oui, oui, bonjour. <laughs> Ça va croissant. <laughs> Est-ce que tu m'aimes encore? Oh. <laughs> Je ne parle pas français, sorry. Oh. <laughs> That was, that was Trabian, Adam. <laughs> Produced by Swedish pop duo Twin, Viva L'Amour is a fun and gritty way to end not only the selection of new tracks on offer with Unleashed, but the album itself in general. Oh, I, as you know, we discussed this on our Dante Tour episode. I am obsessed with this. And what a song. Just as a recap, Twin also produced for, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, friend of the pod, Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> for her I Wish You Love album. So they did Gotta Be Forever and All the Man That I Need. And they also did a remix um, with David Jost of Gaga's Marry the Night, which obviously Kylie covered. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of, lots of connection there. I, connections. I love this song. I, it just goes right up. When I, if I'm driving around, which mm-hmm. is what happened today, I cranked it. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what about it, it is, but... It's a very special song. And again, it's like that sassy Danny returns yes. in the vocals, you know? Just, yep. oh, Love so it. good. 
Now we head into nightclubbing mode on Unleashed as we step into its selection of remixes. Starting off with the Innocent Girl remix. All I wanna do. Look, I love this, but it's certainly no Xenomania Dreamhouse mix or Trouser Enthusiast effort. <laughs> this, however, is still a really great remix that takes the song into trancey breakbeat mode. Now, breakbeat was, and the break sound was very, very popular around this time as well. And the great thing about remixes from this era too was that each one was very distinctively different to the last and the All I Want to Do remix packages are no exception. It's hard to make a song as iconic and brilliant as All I Want to Do sound like shit and thankfully there isn't a single remix of it that does, past or present. Absolutely love the synth symphony during the chorus of this mix as well. It's just so bright and colourful and 90s. Yeah, I, I really, really love this this mix. And I think it's worth mentioning that this week is the 25th anniversary of All I Want to Do. Can you wow, believe it? I cannot. That's 25 years. Scary. <laughs> and, and I guess the official birth of Queen of the Clubs. I mean, this was the, the first sort of dance number one and the first of 13 consecutive. Yep. Wow. Like, this is when it it really kicked off. And mm-hmm. it's just timeless. You could release this today. Oh, absolutely. What a song. Yeah. I've said that a lot this episode, but it's I true. Know. It's, it's, the it's funny true. thing is about Unleashed is it's literally like if you, as a Danny fan, were whipping up, you know, a mixtape of I... your, your favourite B-sides and remixes and stuff. Like, it's, yep. it's perfection. Mm. (laughs) Up next, it's the Jules and Stone 7-inch mix of Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. This is a nice enough remix. I've got to say, I'm still one that's more for the album mix and, of course, the Madonna mashup. But this is lovely and a pretty interesting recreation of that original album version. I really like this remix, and I'm I'm not always one for remixes, but I really like this for some reason. It's something about right. it just just does it for me. And um, you know, if you're wanting to hear more about Jules and Stone, they go by the alias now. Yes, they actually did a fantastic interview with Steve Anderson on his they Such did. a Good Feeling podcast, and that's really worth worth a listen because I mean they've done some amazing production and songwriting they, they also did the incredible uh, the on as the b-side on something new the alias girls allowed mega mix oh, which is just I've got girls allowed in my notes ripper <laughs> it's such a good mega mix yes yeah they've done stuff for yeah Britney girls allowed little mix Sophie Ellis mm-hmm. Baxter like right. really incredible who's stuff. who yeah who's, who's who, who? Pop. So definitely recommend, you know, yeah, listening to that interview as well as exploring all of their work. But, you know, I, I really like this remix a lot. <laughs> There's also a great Jules and Stone uh, extended mix of Rachel Stevens' I Said Never Again, But Here oh. We Are. My favourite song about bum sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is just, like, it's just a lovely, really chunky extended version of the original and it right. is divine. Oh. Oh. Our playlist's going to be so good this month. It is, it is. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Up next and back into the girl era, it's the Metro 7-inch edit of Everything I Wanted. 
basically a radio editor, the version we all know and love. What can we say about this incredible track that we already haven't on our girl episode? No, I don't have anything in my notes because, I mean, I, I love this song so much. It's a great remix. Like Right. And I don't, I don't really want to be repeating myself. No. You know? So, yeah, great track. Up next in the Unleashed remix portion of this month's episode, it's the Thriller Jill original radio mix of Absolute Club Thumper. Hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge favourite of mine. I just love the way trance is fused together with hard-edged electro on this absolute killer track. It's so great and so avant-garde, and sometimes I think that it could have made an amazing single in its own right. This is an absolute banger, and of course brought to us by Ian and Terry once again. Mm-hmm. And a massive shout-out to that Mediterranean breakdown in the track's final 90 seconds too. It just gets me right in the feels as a Balkan boy. <laughs> oh, I, this is such a great song from this era in fact i i have to remind myself that it, it wasn't a single because when i think of album tracks from this era this is usually my go-to right, i mean aside right. from vibon obviously <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously my first go-to which yes. you know is the single that i would have released if i was in charge but this i this is one of my favorites i think this was on my dante tour wish list as well mm. love it Continuing the rave now, it's time for the Reavers Bora Bora remix of Who Do You Love Now? Streamer. Obviously, all know I am a sucker for the original extended 12 inch vocal mix of this track, then followed by the regular album or radio edit version, and then it's this remix, the Killer Bora Bora remix by Reva, and one I have absolutely gone the fuck off to at a trance rave party before. <laughs> of all the remixes that change this track up, this is the one you need. I'd also recommend going for the full version, though, as Unleashed offers a CD edit of the mix. Oh, it's funny that you said Killer, because the only thing I have in my notes is Killer Remix, all in caps. Yes! I, like, I, I have nothing Fucking else hell. to, like, what else is there to say? <laughs> like, if, yeah, just go and put this on. It's so, yeah, I don't really have any words. Love it. Mm. Well, speaking of favourite remixes, it mm. is time for another one of mine. It's the killer, dirty and deep cicada vocal mix of Put the Needle on It. Now, I'm going to be a bit controversial here, Eliza. Oh, let me but, just take a seat. <laughs> right. So, I only, only just, mind you, but I actually prefer this amazing Cicada remix of Put the Needle on It to the original. Oh, that is controversial. It is. Now, listen, I've always been a big fan of that particular Deep House baseline Cicada love to incorporate in their tracks and remixes. So turning Put the Needle on it, which was already an amazing song, essentially into a Cicada and Danny collaboration, here for it all the mm. way. Dirty hands, she demanded, and that's exactly <laughs> what they gave her. Uh, yeah, like all the remixes on this album, well, at least for me, are just exceptional. Like, right. you know, sometimes on a remix album, whether it's all remixes or, you know, a bit of both, you're like, oh, I'll skip this one, and oh, no, I like that one. But this is just, it's like the, the cream of the crop. 
They're all really good remixes, mm. definitely. Yeah. Moving on now to the alternative radio version of Come and Get It. The remix of the song that is actually my favourite was seemingly never released digitally or on CD. And in order to get this six and a half minute remix, I had to purchase it on white label vinyl. Now, the mixed on Unleashed is very similar to the original version and doesn't really do anything exciting with the track for me. However, this original white label mix, which I believe was released before we'd actually heard Come and Get It in its final form is the one. I don't have a name for it other than White Label Mix. (laughs) Anyway, look, I'm not crazy about the mix that's been included on Unleashed, and I would still love to see that White Label version get a proper digital release, minus the crackly sounds of my record, but again, not something I skip. So according to my research, and I was like trying to rack my brain and all my memories, because I'm like, I don't remember this. So first of all, apparently it was a German promo single. Yes, JCA featuring Danny Minogue. Yeah, I did not have any recollection of that. And I also had no recollection of it being a hidden track on Neon Nights. I'm like, why do do I not remember this? Why have I erased (laughs) that part from my brain? Like it it was quite late at night that I was doing this and I'm like, I'm not going downstairs to find my CD to look for a hidden track. Like I I will do that, (laughs) but it was quite late. But I was... You know, things that keep you up at night. This was keeping me up at night. Oh, and I my just have goodness. no recollection of some of this. I'm like, what was happening in 2003 that I just don't remember? Anyway, this has been a very, you know, lots of discovery in this episode. <laughs> on the week of what would have been my past on Lord and Saviour Pete Burns' birthday, it's time we heard from Danny versus Dead or Alive with the radio edit of Begin to Spin Me Around. What can I say about this that we didn't already cover on the Neon Nights episode? I mean, obviously this hits all the right spots for me because Danny and Pete Burns. And while I am all about the full 12-inch mix of this mashup, I will more than happily also take this radio edit. <laughs> yeah, I, I have nothing in my notes. It just The track speaks for itself. Thank you. And I just, I really miss this era of like mashups, just mashups all the time. Right. Just, just so good. It's that sort of early 2000s mashups and Mm. anyway yeah I I have nothing in my notes because just stands on its own and finally taking the pace right down with the single mix of it won't work out a moody mid-tempo pop ballad version of a track I definitely prefer in its trance version but I also think this slight remix is probably on par with the original acoustic mix. And I think that we have the slightly rocked out chorus on this single mix to thank for it. That guitar is really quite a nice and surprising welcome, especially how deluxe Danny's voice sounds over the top of it. And we also know how good she sounds over a guitar thanks to songs like Get Into You and All I Want to Do. So this is a really, really nice added touch. I also love the strange and bizarre synths used throughout the verses that definitely elevate this version, maybe just a smidge more over the acoustic. Look, I love all three mixes, but definitely listening to this version or the acoustic does make me want to hammer out the trance version of it immediately after. (laughs) Yeah, look, this is one of my favourite Danny tracks out of everything. And 
Like, you know how with Confide in Me, like, I like it in all its forms. Right. Doesn't matter. This, this is, is the same. I think this is my Danny song that I, I literally don't care how you serve it to me, whether it's acoustic, whether it's that, like, trancey mix, whether it's this. I just, there's something about this song that I just, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. So don't mind how it how it's served up. Yeah, thanks. I'm exactly yes. the same. It's, love it all. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Do you know what it probably is? It's probably because it's Danny, Terry and Ian again. I don't right. know what the hell goes on when the three of them get together, <laughs> but it's magic and we need more of it. All right, now, Eliza, let's talk about the gorgeous artwork. Oh, please. This, now, from back into time, so the actual CD came in one of those... Uh, old jewel cases that they were doing for a little while around oh. this time that I absolutely loved. We're having show weird, and tell over Zoom with the here. weird spine. Oh, stunning. Right. So absolutely gorgeous. And then you go into it and not only is there song lyrics for every bloody track here. Oh, as there should be. But the pictures, these glossy shots are some of the most hot, sexy and beautiful shots of Danny ever taken. Yeah, the artwork of this era. This is kind of... I think we've spoken about the Hits and Beyond era as well, which is obviously just prior. Yes, aesthetically wonderful. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. It just... Perfection, just to use that again. <laughs> Absolutely. Total just, perfection. So the photography was by... And I am I am going to butcher the name. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I tried to, like, you know, do a Google audio thing to get it right. But anyway, so it, the photography was by... Gislen Yari. Oh, Ghislaine, maybe. Ghislaine? Because they're French, but I, I can't, I still can't figure it out. Ghislaine? It just makes it, me think of Ghislaine Maxwell. Same! That's why I didn't want to say it. Ghislaine um, Maxwell. Yeah, so G-Y-S-L-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is a sort of fashion editorial sort of photographer who has also shot Lana Del Rey. Oh, God, website. is she okay? <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't going to do that. I'm like, is that going to bring a dad joke? Or do I just, like, go with it? But anyway, and Lula. So I couldn't find a lot of information on Lula, but Lula also did the Don't Want to Lose This Feeling photo, a.k.a. Oh. the chips slash crisps, depending on oh. where in the world you're located. I'm like, so hot. right, this explains mm-hmm. a lot why these shots are hot as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's the, there wasn't a lot of sort of information on the photography and, you know, I always try and find the photographers and stuff, but there, there really wasn't a lot online, but that's what right. I could find. So, and because we didn't have sort of singles or videos no. associated with this and there was an Unleashed tour, but it wasn't in, it was many, many years yeah. before. So it was like 97, 98, I think the Something Unleashed like tour. That. Happened for the girl era, yeah. and then the name was reused for this yeah. release. Mm, yeah. Can you imagine the music videos from this era? If this is oh. what this is what the artwork looked like, it would have been oh. a total elevation up from an already elevated Neon Knights visual campaign. Oh my god! And hits and beyond. I, I, mm-hmm. I just I can't even fathom. So yeah, the idea that this could be revisited for the twentieth anniversary. Here for it. I mean, look, we've got five years to really get this happening. (laughs) (laughs) We actually have some decent time to get this one ready. (laughs) Yes, we have um, approximately four weeks for the girl vinyl. (laughs) But Still holding out hope. uh, I will never give up hope. Look, and then I'm going to transfer it to 
Well, it's the whole year. The celebration goes for the year. Even if it doesn't oh, land on the day, we've still got another 12 months. That's how I'm going to yeah. reframe it in my mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Although Unleashed was full of unreleased material, the compilation was considered a, quote, budget CD release in the UK, thanks to those already available remixes that were on it, which basically meant that it was not eligible for placement on the UK albums chart. Very, very disappointing, but, you know, I guess chart rules are chart rules. Oh, we don't believe in charts here anyway. No, not really. (laughs) The only chart I believe in is the charts that I do myself. Exactly. Same. It's all relative. It's all subjective. Do your own charts. That's all that matters. (laughs) Well, Eliza, my dear, we're about to wrap things up on August Minogue Monday. Oh, it's just been another fabulous discussion. Hasn't it? We've had a wonderful romp through the Unleashed era and... I mean, obviously, as always, it's just such a delight chatting Minogue with you. And you. Oh, thank you, lovely. I've had a... It's been a bit of a rough weekend. My wonderful little dog, Chloe, passed away on Thursday. And recording this with you today has been such a huge, huge brightening help and exactly what I needed. So thank you. Well, we will be dedicating this episode to one of our lovely mascots of This Is Disco, Chloe. Raising a glass in her honour and missing her presence in the background of Zoom. To Chloe, we love you, we miss you, and we look forward to having your presence just around us in each episode. Thank you, Eliza. I really appreciate that. It's a big thank you to everybody for getting unleashed with us today and tuning in. We absolutely love our This Is Disco family and we hope you all enjoyed our venture into Unleashed as much as we did putting it together for you all. It's been so much fun. Mm, It's all I wanted to do. Oh, 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 going out with bangs. I know. Viva l'amour. (laughs) (laughs) Just quickly, Eliza, if people at home are actually thinking about supporting the podcast and purchasing some This Is Disco merchandise, as designed by the iconic Tash, Mm -hmm. where can the lovely people go to shop till they drop? They can go to thisisdisco.threadless.com. It's also in our uh, link tree as well on our Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram, Twitter, it's it's all there. So if you're feeling inspired for some Danny merch after you're like, oh, all I want to do, yes, all I want (laughs) to do is buy some all I want to do merch, plenty of bits and pieces there on that front. On the same note, where can the lovely folk find This Is Disco on the internet and connect with our socials? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Disco. And on TikTok at This Is Disco Podcast. And what about yourself, Eliza? You can find me at Ms. Eliza Day on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, A-D-E-M-E-V-E, A-D-E-M dot E-V-E on Instagram. <laughs> There's also the Girls Allowed podcast, You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, which is at Allowed Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And I also have a regular Mixcloud radio show called The Record Doctor. Uh, We just had a Danny episode two weeks ago together that Eliza joined me for. And this Thursday, August the 11th, is the return of the Balkan Top 50 with my Balkan Top 50 co-host, Natalie. Of course, if you can't remember all of that, just head on over to the official website, which is www.therecorddoctor.com. There's links to all of my podcasts and the radio show, plus some merch there. And there's also a direct link link to our 
link tree yes. on there too, yes. which will take you to everything that you need for episodes for us and our merch. Mm-hmm. So again, www.therecorddoctor.com. Yes. Well, we're going to head on out. <laughs> <laughs> that in. Let's <laughs> start that again. Well, we're going to head on off out of here. My goodness, what was that? I can't wait to catch up with you again next month. <gasps> we'll, we'll, we'll leave it for now. We won't tell anyone what we're doing yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited for next same, month. Same, 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 <laughs> same. It's going to be very, very good. Well, we're out of here, Legends, and thank you again for tuning in. Love and kisses, dance floor darlings. Bye. <laughs> You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day.